You know, God is a God about up. He's a God about uh, the gospel's a message. This, this, so you read the New Testament, you read, you read, you know, from Matthew to Revelation. It did that. It, it's a gospel. I mean, it is a this is a message of elevation. It's about going up. Jesus didn't come into this earth, die on the cross, be buried and then rise again and be seated in heavenly places for us to go down. He did so so that we could all go up. And that word elevate or elevation, if you want, or the word elevate, it really simply means to move or raise to a higher place or position. How many of you know? You know, you need to go to a higher place. You need to go to a a higher elevation. And it it reminds me of the story in John, and we talked just a, a small piece about it on Sunday, about the fact that the fruit only comes out of our lives. His fruit comes out of our lives if we're attached and connected to his vine. There's a portion of that that says if we disconnect from the vine, we're going to be withered up and dried up and be useful for nothing but, you know, the bonfire that you have with the s'mores and everything else. But there's a part of that that says if you bear fruit, he's going to prune you so that you bear more fruit. And he says if you struggle bearing fruit and it's not working very well, but you are attached to the vine, then the vine dresser himself will come along and it says he'll move you. Or if you study that and go back in that, I've taught this before, he picks up the vine and puts it in a higher place, puts it in a place where the sun can reach it, the water can reach it, so that it can be in a better position to flourish and to show fruit. It's about higher. It's about raising up. It's about going up. And in Ephesians chapter 2, 4 through 6, they'll put it on the screen so you don't have to turn there if you're still trying to fight Acts. But it says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ because it is by grace that you have been saved. We know that scripture. And verse 6 says, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. On Sunday, I shared a scripture, uh, or maybe two Sundays ago, Colossians 3, 1, that said we are, we're, we're basically, we are raised with Christ. In Colossians chapter 2, you can look this up later, 11 through 15, is a passage of scripture where Paul writes, right before he said that, he writes to the effect of, listen, you've been, you've been dead with Christ, now you're raised with Christ. Realize that there's a, it's a two-part process, just as Christ died, And as he was resurrected unto life to sit at the right hand of the Father, we, as we come to Christ, we die spiritually to the old self, flesh, and we rise. That's what baptism, right, is about. It's it's the idea that says, "I, I I am in my life. I have died, and I am coming back up just as Jesus did. And there really isn't anything maybe specifically that night, that moment coming out of the water that's washed off your life. But it's this thing that ties me together with Christ and says, you know what? Just as he died and went down and came back up clean, I'm going to die and come back up clean. And that there's a raising. There's a coming up. Galatians 2.20 says, this life which I live, and it is not my own. I have been what? Crucified with Christ. But yet I still what? live resurrection there's a rising but it says i've been crucified with christ it's no longer i who live but christ who lives in me in the life which i now what live how can you live after you have died resurrection up and we have a whole world that's stuck in a death and dead mentality that their life is what it is you've heard that thing before where people say well it is what it is listen It isn't what it seems, it's what the Word says. 
And that if you find yourself at a level where the enemy continues to pound you and you're continuing to lose ground and you're continuing to fall into doubt and you're falling into unbelief and you can't see that there's any possible hope for you, hey, 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 get your hopes up. Get your expectation up. Turn that thing around. Well, I, oh man, I'm just telling you what, it's better off just be dead. No, it's not. I mean, if you're dead, you get to go and be with Jesus if he is your savior, just as we prayed earlier, that's great. But I am telling you, that's not the answer to things getting better in your life. The answer to things getting better in your life is allowing Jesus Christ to have his way with your life. That's the answer. And in our life, we have to realize that Jesus loves us and cares about us but many of us have been taught that he, his hand's against us and all of these things because we've made mistakes and we've fallen and all of that. Let me tell you, Jesus never got down on the people who tried. He got down on the people who didn't believe and who didn't try. The people who thought they knew everything, the religious leaders and those people in that time, they thought they knew everything. And so they didn't receive the stuff that he was talking about. Those are the people that he constantly came against. Those are the people that he said things to. Like you vile, nasty snake. He didn't say that to the poor woman who was caught in the midst of adultery. He told her, hey, go and sin no more. Go out there and give this life a try. Jesus came walking up to the disciples in Matthew. It's a story of the boat being on the water. Waves and everything else. And Jesus comes walking up and they're all freaked out because he looks like it's a ghost. Never seen anybody walk on water before. But Peter says, hey, if that really is you, then, then bid me come. And you know the story. Jesus says, well, come on out here. So Peter jumps out of the boat onto the water, and then he continues to walk over there. And now he's walking in the water. Jesus is walking on the water. And then he takes his eyes off him, looks at the waves and the wind and all the things that it says in there in Matthew. And he begins to sink. Did Jesus just say, bye, Peter. You should have kept believing. Now, when he did finally get a hold of him, he said, oh, ye with little faith, suck it up and get some more. But he didn't let him sink. He picked him up. It says he reached out and he caught him by the arm or the hand, depending on the version you read. And it says, then they both got, he helped him into the boat. He didn't leave him. Peter's trying, you know, Peter, man, he's trying everything. Anything Jesus said, he tried. He was kind of, he's like the apostle, or you've been, probably been the apostle of faith. I mean, this guy was, he was like, woo, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do some stuff. Whereas John was more like the apostle of love. His book, in the book of John, it's like a love story. That's when people get saved, or if you're here and you're like, man, the Bible doesn't mean a whole lot to me. I don't quite understand it. Read John. Go back and just begin to read John. Don't start in Hebrews. You'll get so confused. It will be, it'll be so far over your head that you'll just, I mean, that's starting John, where it talks about the fact that, that God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son to come into this world, not to condemn you for who you are. He came to bring us life. John 10, 10 and life more abundantly. Just talks about love and how much he cares for us and loves us. Jesus didn't smack Peter down when he made a mistake. He picked him up. And you may be here today, and you know the mistakes that you've made. You know the place that you find yourself in today. Look up. Look up. What happens when you make a mistake, 
You know when your kids have done wrong. Because they come walking in the house with their head down. When you're doing wrong, spiritually in your life, you walk around with your head down. And I was sharing with this person a little while back, and they were talking to me about this, and I shared just a little piece of it on Sunday. And, and it, was, it was revelation to me to this thing that says, you know what, God doesn't compare you with anybody. Well, I've made a lot of mistakes. Yep, but he still loves you. He doesn't say, because, Peter, you've made mistakes, I wish you were more like John. He doesn't say, Peter, because you made this mistake, I wish you were a little bit more like Mark. He says, hey, I love you for who you are, Peter, and there's a great plan and a great purpose for your life, and you may have made a mistake, but let me help you back up, get back in the boat, and let's try this thing again. We're the ones who who compare ourselves and our sin and our mess with everything else, not him. The gospel is about us being raised, about us changing, about us being more like Christ, about life coming on on the inside, about us being healed, about us having provision, about us having abundance and all of those things. That's what the gospel the gospel's about. Jesus Christ came into this world to die on the cross so that he could give us everything that we have need of in this earth to live the life that he created us to live, to lift us up. The message is headed up. I ain't, why would I be? I'm not headed down. I'm headed up. Get your hopes up. Look where? Up to Jesus. Don't get your hopes down. In Mark, there were the, the guys with the, the crippled bro, a friend, and they took him to Jesus, and they, they tore off the roof, and they lowered him down there, and Jesus healed him. He says, you know, Your sins are forgiven you. And then everybody gets mad at him for saying that. And so he says, well, okay, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up. Take your bed, rise up, take your bed, go home. Which one's easier to say? I say the first, your sins are forgiven so that you know that the Son of God has power on this earth to forgive sins. That's taking them up a level. In Revelation, we've talked about that. We spent some time in the first of August and in the end of July about that 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 higher level type idea, thoughts and thinking. That thing that says, "Man, it's above where I am." Well, it was above where they were. But he says to us, "Rise up, come to a new life, come to healing." He tells his boy, "Man, that's some faith your friends have. Get up out of that bed, brother. Your sins are forgiven. Now take off." Doesn't say what happens to the guy after that. May have made a mistake, may not have made a mistake. But Jesus was taking everybody when he walked, he was trying to take them to another level. Whether it was physically in their body and healing, whether it was as he shared with them about the parables of the different things that they were supposed to do and how they were supposed to live on this earth so that they could have more abundance, so that they could understand the fact, like in Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower, that when the sower sows the seed, it's the word, and it goes in the heart, and it brings up a harvest in your life. If you're not like those other pieces, parts, and things, your life will get better, and the harvest will grow up. Everything he taught, everything he did. He even went to dead people, and he said, rise, and they rose. He went to blind people, said, see, and they could see. The mute people and the deaf people and the demon-possessed people. And all the people and all the places that he went, he brought people up. He was an example for us, but I believe we have to realize and understand that, listen, his whole message was about liberty and about wholeness and about life and about purpose and about provision. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. 
You can write that down, and that's what Jesus said as he was quoting the prophecy previously in the Old Testament. He said, listen, this is my job. I have come into the earth for really such a time as this, to bring good news to the poor, to bring the poor to a new level, to bring healing to those who are sick. That's talking about the recovery of sight to the blind. I like that. I noticed that there's this recovery of sight. It doesn't say he brought sight to somebody who was blind. He said the recovery of sight, getting back what they already had. Well, God made him blind. No, he didn't, because Jesus came to bring recovery of sight. What happened? Hey, that, go look in John and read that chapter where Jesus said, hey, quit arguing about yourself. Who, why reason this guy's blind? Rejoice that he lives. We're a world that really exists, and I think to many extents, we're a church, not this church, but the church in general, that exists on hands out, handouts and not hands up. Do you want a handout or do you want a hand up? Have you ever tried to help somebody and all they're looking for is to meet my need just this moment? We're, we're about moment-by-moment moment existence. You can't change with that kind of mentality. You can't grow with that kind of mentality. Jesus didn't come to give us a handout. He came to give us a hand up. And there's a difference. See, people aren't always interested in getting better. People are mostly just interested in just getting by. All a handout gets you is through. <laughs> a hand up gets you out. See, a hand out gets you through the moment. A hand up gets you out of your situation. Amen? In this church, we work very diligently financially behind the scenes to help people who need help you might be here tonight and that might be why you came and people say why do you have folks come to church before you help them financially because we just don't want to give people a handout we want to give them a hand up the church that's the that's the that's the job of the church i mean you may have come in here in the church where you used to go don't tell me about them because you'll talk bad about us too when you leave here but the church where you used to be they beat you down and they called you that. They look down on you because of what you've been through. And those, that's not what the church is about. The church is about bringing his faith and his love and the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost into your life. Why? So that you can get up. The church isn't supposed to carry all y'all. You're not the church's responsibility. You're Jesus' responsibility. You just have to know that. The church's responsibility is to help you know that. Right? That's good, man. I'm all fired up. I don't, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just reading what the Word says. Listen, Jesus had to come because the old covenant was about hand out. The new covenant's about hand up. The old covenant was give me what I need right now today so I can make it. Cover my sins when I bring my offerings. Don't get rid of them, eradicate them, and take away the transgression and forgive me. Don't bring me up. Just get me through. That was the old covenant. Now, you know, I mean, there was Moses and Abraham and John. I mean, there were all the leaders and all those people. But I'm telling you, for the masses like you, me, and the others, it was just, man, just get me through today. 
Just, just get me through. I, I can't even worry about getting out. I just got to see, I mean, I just got to get through. Jesus came so that we could get out. Said he came to be the once and for all sacrifice. He came to bring us up. Not just to get us through. He came to get us out. And your direction and my direction is up. Say this, my direction is up. Many of you can't get any lower. That's good news. The only way to go, the only place to go is up. Huh? When you've hit rock bottom, don't cry, rejoice. You can't get no lower. I mean, it may look sad in the natural, but I'm just telling you, when you get to that point, you've got to say, oh, God, I've made it to the end. There ain't no more bottom. Let's go up. Huh? I mean, that's, that's got to be good because, you know, you know people, man. They sink, they sink. And sometimes people have said, and that sometimes this is true, people have to hit rock what? Bottom. Before they do what? Come up. But there's a scripture, and I think it's on Isaiah, that says, He is with me even at the bottom. That I, He has always got His hands there for me. That I thought I might be. Is that me? Tayamo, I love you. Yeah. That's all I know. Must be right next to iTunes. Bible iTunes. It's, it's all good. See, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that he, he came into this earth so that we could be a what? A new creature up. That all the old things have been what? Passed away. Behold, all things have been made what? New. In Acts in chapter 3. I heard somebody else say that, that Peter's the apostle, kind of, kind of known as the apostle of faith, and John's kind of known as the apostle of love. But here come these two guys, love and faith, kind of walking on the scenes. But they are both now anointed with the power of the... Holy Spirit. And so now with faith and love and the power of the Holy Spirit, things start to happen. And it says in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple. My arms aren't long enough. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And it says, And a certain man who was lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, the gate of the temple at the, at the temple that's called Beautiful. And he sat there day in and day out, carried there by his friends to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Sat at the gate day after day, was carried there by his friends. Somebody brought you to church today. Thank God they carried you. They can't get you in the temple. Only you can do that through the power of Jesus Christ. Your grandma can't get you saved. She might have carried you to church your whole life, but she can't get you in the house. You have to make that decision. And that decision is only open to you and for you because of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And it goes on and it says, When seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked for, he asked for them alms. And fixing his eyes on him, and John and Peter, they said, look at us, fella. 
And so it says, he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Rise up. See, now Jesus came about and he was talking to all these people like he did Jairus' daughter who was dead. And he told her, arise, young child, get up. And she arose. Everybody said, she's dead. He said, she's just sleeping. You're not seeing it correctly. Arise, little girl. And she arose. And then Jesus died, went to sit at the right hand of the Father, but he sent who? The Holy Spirit into our lives so that we could be empowered to do the works that he did in this earth and then others. So this message, yes, is about him taking us up to another level, but it's also, second part, maybe next week, next time, some other way, it's about this idea that says, and you have that same power and authority on the inside of you to help bring others up as well. Because these two guys come on the scene. Mr. Faith, Mr. Love, and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And this young man looks up at them, and then they say, Silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have I do give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Now they rise up and walk, and they put their hand down. This old boy puts his hand up. It said he didn't put his hand out anymore. Alms are my hands out here saying, Just give me what I need today. Give me what I need to get through. My hands up says, I got no idea, man, but can you help me? Can you help me up? Can you take me? Can you fix me? Can you help me? And so this old boy, he raises his hands and he gets them up. Too many people have resigned to just get by. Because somebody has told you that you can't. Because maybe you believe that you can't. Because nobody in your family ever has. Hey, get up! I don't feel like it. Get up. I don't know if I can make it. Get up. What's going to happen tomorrow? Get up and find out. Because if you don't, it's going to be just like today. This fellow was brought and laid here at this gate by his people, his peeps, his friends, somebody. Says they brought him there every day so he could sit outside the gate and he could ask for alms. Why? So that he could make it to tomorrow. And yet these guys come walking by who are now walking in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. And he looks up and he puts his hands up in, ex- in expectation of getting something. He, he doesn't know what he's going to get. But the power of God knows what he's going to do. And he's looking up thinking, man, they're going to give me a coin. They're going to give me something. They're going to put something in my hands. And instead of that, he ended up, he was expecting to receive something from them. And in that expectancy, he received his healing. We've talked about it in John chapter 5 with the guy by the, by the, the pool of Bethesda. And he wanted to be healed. He wanted to be healed really bad, but he couldn't have anybody get him down to the water fast enough. And Jesus said, well, what do you want? He said, I want to be healed. He said, you sure you want to be healed? He said, yeah. He said, get up. Huh? I've been laying here for years. All I had to do was get up. When the master says, get up, get up. How many of you know he could have talked his way out of that? He could have talked his way out of, you could talk your way out of what God wants to do in your life tonight, but I'm telling you, he wants to bring you up. He laid, that guy laid at that gate every day, looking through the gate. And seeing the temple on the other side. But he couldn't get there. They couldn't bring him in. 
He's crippled. He's lame. They just kind of flopped him down at the gate. You can look at the gate a couple different ways if you would like. You can look at the gate as a gigantic tease because they bring him to the gate and he wants to be in the temple. And you may have come to church today and you said, I've been going to church for 10 years and God's never done anything in my life. And every time I come to church, everybody tells me how bad I am and how it's not going to be any better. And because of the sin that happened in my life, I'm just going to have to pay the consequences and I'm going to have to be like this for the rest of my life. You may look through that thing and it may be a big tease. You look around in the church and you say, you know what, there's some somebody who has what I have. There's somebody who has what God promised me. There's somebody over there. And see, the word's working for that guy, and the word's working for that guy. But here I sit on the other side of the temple, and I can't get through the gate. Get up! Yes, you can. God's no respecter of persons. Or you can look at the gate like this. You can't receive it by faith unless you can see it. And he could see. He could see to the other side. That's either going to build you up in faith or it's going to tear you down. You either see that as a tease, that the word's working for everybody else in the place, or you see that, you know what, because the word is working for everybody else in the place, I know it can work for me too. I want to go up. I want to go up. I want to go up. Real vision comes by faith. I think too many people, and I would would say this, quit panhandling. Quit panhandling your way through life. Spiritually. Quit panhandling. Saying, God, just give me a little bit. Now, we want, we want God to speak to us. But listen, think about it like this. God, I, you know what happened? This young man, he got up and it says he tore through the gate. Rejoicing. Running, dancing, probably did a couple cartwheels. Might have climbed a tree because he's never been able to. Who knows what he did? Up and down the stairs of the temple. Into the front of the temple, all the way to the front. Touch it. Go all the way back outside. What did he do? Oh, I'm different. Oh, I can move. Oh, I have... Something on the inside of him changed. Why? Because faith, love, and the power of the Holy Ghost touched his life. Faith, love, and the Holy Ghost. They said, John, Peter, we're coming to the temple at the hour of prayer. This hour of prayer. Have you come into the temple with a heart of expectancy? Or have you come with a heart of disappointment and hurt, anguish? Were you drug here for years by your mom and your uncle and your and you came today because somebody said, Hey, you gotta come with me. All right, I'll come. But God's really like, I mean like really talking to you tonight. I've barely said anything, but I know the Spirit of God working in this place is talking to you. Listen, the church, we are not here to condemn. We are not here to throw stones. We are people just like you who at one point we were sitting by the gate. But we got our eyes and our expectancy on Jesus. And faith, love, and the power of the Holy Ghost touched our lives. And he raised us up from the dead pitiful self that we were. And he created something beautiful out of a mess of nothing but junk and ashes. And now we are on the other side. I'm telling you, he's no respecter of persons. What he's done in my life, he can do in your life too. Get up! 
He calls out to you tonight. Get up. Too many days, man, I'm a man. There's nothing like being in the temple and then coming outside of the temple and then not being able to go back in again. That's even worse than this poor guy who's never got to go in. It's bad enough not knowing. It's bad enough not realizing. It's bad enough being sick and broken and sitting on the side of the road and waiting for something to happen that will change your life. But to have gone in and worshipped at the throne room of God, and then to be sitting on the other side and saying, God, I want to go back, but I can't because I'm stuck at this gate. Get up, Manny. Get up, get up, get up. You know the way to the temple. Huh? I know I've been picking on you, man. God knows who you are. Huh? Huh? Stand up. I want to pray for you. We're not done yet. I'm still going to scream a little bit more. (laughs) See, you may have never thought it was possible, but tonight, realize this man didn't know that he could walk either. Until faith and love and the power of the Holy Ghost walked by him. And when faith and love and the power of the Holy Ghost walked by and stopped right where this young man was, sitting there, they said, look up here. Get your eyes focused up here. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I'm telling you, I don't have silver. I don't have gold. But what I have, I'm going to give you today. And he says, Reach up here, grab hold of my hand in the name of Jesus Christ. You stand up and walk, brother. Get up. Get up, get up, get up. Are you headed up? We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.